If you'd like a Bible, just put your hand up and uh, it's the gift that keeps giving. They come every week and you'll get a Bible. And uh, when you get it, or if you've got one, turn to Isaiah uh, chapter 7. It's easy to find Isaiah. Go right to the middle of your Bible, open it, and you'll be in Isaiah. We're in Isaiah chapter 7. If you're using a church Bible, uh, it's on page 692. Actually, Dave, can you do the next slide? Just, uh, I don't know if it's not working. That's it. There it is. Good. You see that? That's good. Okay, so page 692, Isaiah um, chapter 7. We're looking at the anticipation of the Messiah, Messiah, the anointed one, the Christos, the Christ, the anointed one, the one uh, that's been prophesied about. So we're going to take this passage, particularly verse 14, and uh, we'll look at this as we go through it. So Isaiah chapter 7 from verse 10 um, down to uh, verse 14. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights, they has said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David, it is, is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Uh, amazing, uh, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son called Emmanuel, God with us, which is a great promise and one that we can remember as we go into uh, Christmas time. I want to focus a little bit on, uh, on verse 14. Therefore, the Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child. Give birth to a son. Call him Emmanuel. Now, at that time when this was uh, written, there's probably um, uh, a young woman from the house of Ahaz. He was the king of Judah. Uh, probably she was going to marry because they were under attack. And this, this prophecy... Uh, partly was about that time, that she would have a son who would help them against the attacks uh, at that time. But as like, like a lot of prophecy, there's kind of a time for then and a time in the future. And we know it's for the future. We know it's about the virgin birth as well, because Matthew one twenty three quotes it uh, for the birth of Jesus. There's then and a future. And in fact, Isaiah 9 uh, says, the people uh, walking in darkness have seen a great light. And the world it does seem to be in darkness sometimes, doesn't it? And we're coming to Christmas and and it's all lights and tinsel. It sort of miraculously goes up all over Billericay. I love lights and tinsel. It's really, really good. Um, I like presents as well. Uh, I'm not suggesting you've got to buy me loads of presents, uh, but, uh, but if you want to, you can. <laughs> the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Matthew 1.23, Matthew quotes the verses that we've just read to show a further fulfilment of that prophecy. And that's what we look at at Christmas time. In that Mary bore a son, Emmanuel, the Christ, to fulfill what the prophet said, the virgin will be with child, Emmanuel, God with us. So Matthew goes back to that verse, you see, and takes that verse in the Old Testament, which applied then, but it also applies now at Christmas time. And I love Christmas. I think it's exciting. Do you find it exciting? Yes. yes. yes it's great. Anticipation. I mean, people say it's a bit like a holiday, isn't it? You book your holiday up and you almost enjoy looking forward to it more than a holiday. I've been on holiday and people say to me, I can't wait to get home. I think, God, how miserable are you? And, and Christmas is great. And the opening of the presents. When I used to buy my mum a present, I, I used to get it, I was very organised about four weeks before. Uh, I've not kept that theme and I'll be in a panic uh, very near Christmas Day. Uh, but I used to say to her, shall I tell you what it is? She said, no, 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 I'll wait till Christmas Day. And I'll go, and I'll tell you. You don't have to, I'm happy, I'll let you know. Because I was just as excited, you see. Very much excited, anticipation. I wonder, what's exciting you, do you think, the most this Christmas? And I know the answer's Jesus, but let's just for a second put him, I can't even want to say put him to one side. 
What's it, what's it, what's, what are you getting excited about for Christmas? I know about the Christmas Day service. That is going to be great. You really should come. Carols. Anything else? Family all together. Well, you are not looking forward to Christmas, are you? Food. There's some honesty. Some honesty from the front, from one of my elders. What else? What do you look forward to? We've had family, food. Is that it? Games. Games. Anyone else? Sky Electrics at the Holiday Bible Club. Keeps you on the right track. See what I did there? Uh, see, good, brilliant. I used to have scale electrics. I remember finding that present in the wardrobe, and I said to my my brother, "We've got scale electrics." He said, "Great." I went, "Brilliant." What is it? Didn't know what it was. Never heard the word in my life. I was only six. Anyway, there you go. So anticipation, expectation. It's really good to get excited. We've got to get into that because this is a massive part of our Christian season. You know, Easter, harvest, Christmas. People are thinking about Christ but they don't really know what to think about him. They're singing carols without realising what they're they're singing. But it's great. What's the real present? The real present is Emmanuel, God with us. And that's an important thing to notice this morning and to realise this morning. God is with you. Isn't that amazing? God is with you. Now I know God is with me this morning, and this isn't in my sermon because it happened. He caught me on the hop. Um, I love this when the Holy Spirit does this because it's just too coincidental. So I came in this morning, Bird and I briefly spoke about the service. We hadn't swapped Bible verses. And I noticed on his order of service, it said reading with nothing. And I said, who's doing the reading? You or me? He said, I'm going to do a reading. I said, brilliant. I'll just bring one for the Advent candle. He said, great. Everything's going well until about a minute before the service. I said, I'll be reading from Romans 15, just so you... He goes, well, that's my reading. <laughs> now, there's over 26,000 verses in the Bible. You do the odds. I know none of you bet, but if you did, you wouldn't have bet on that. Even more you wouldn't have bet on that when Norbert did the prayers and neither of us spoke to him. We don't like him. We don't speak to him, do we? <laughs> he reads from Romans 15. So we start chuckling in front. This happens. God, the Holy Spirit. So that, and that's going to be a feature of what I'm saying, really briefly, because we're going to go into communion. But can you please take that, that God is with us three, one, one verse three times and we didn't speak to one another because we actually really don't get on. So really good. I mean, isn't that amazing? I mean, God's presence is with us. God's presence is with you all the time. And I have to cultivate that sometimes. I have to be, make myself aware of it. But we need to be aware of it. We go as a people of God's presence into wherever we are. And at Christmas time, people are looking for answers. Christmas is a great time. It's a happy time. It's also the time where there's the highest rate of suicides. It's not happy for everybody. The people uh, need to see the light. They're walking in darkness. They need to see the hope that the Christian message has. So if we can have the next slide, that's okay. There it is. As we approach Christmas, we need to remind ourselves, you need to remind yourself, that the baby will be born. That's what we're looking forward to at Christmas Day. You know, we love a birth of a baby. This is a very special baby. He's going to be born. And the reason he was born is that so we can be born again. We need new life, born again. We have a physical birth, but we need a spiritual birth. And that hymn, uh, sorry, carol that we sing, Hark the herald angels sing, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. You see, major surgery was needed, wasn't it? Right at the beginning, it's perfect, it's going to be great at the end, and now we're caught up in this mess, and major surgery was needed. Someone had to pay, and this baby's born to die. It's not, it's not actually 
that great a story when you think about it, except we know how it ends. But actually, it's going to be a really messy story. Really messy story. But he's born for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his son for you. Amazing. And he's been born so that we can be born again because the physical birth is not enough. We have to be born again as Christians because we have to be reconciled to God. John chapter 3, 1 to 6, talking about Nicodemus. He comes at night time, a little bit crafty. Comes at night time, doesn't want his colleagues to see him because he's got questions. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. You would think he would know. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are teacher has come from God. So you recognise something about this person. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. The flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. That saviour birth that we look forward to was, was part of a much bigger plan. A plan that people can be born again, born in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he says, then you're the light of the world. You're his representatives, you're his apprentices, you're his disciples. He says, you're the salt of the earth. The people are living in darkness, they need to see the great light. And how do we tell them about that? How do we get born again? Well, we have to believe. We talked about an alpha recently. We have to repent, change your mind, turn the other way, focus, look forward to God, look to him. See God through the lens of the manger. God himself represented in the baby and the person, fully God, fully human. So he can identify with us, but he's God. He's God. And as we repent and turn to him, that's what repentance means, literally to change your mind. Repent, believe in what Christ has done on the cross. Not enough just to believe in God, the devil believes in God, it won't save him. We've got to do something with the belief, we've got to trust in the cross, I've got to trust in what Christ has done. Repent, believe, and then what do we do? It's easy, the Bible's really clear about it, be baptised. I'm pointing to the stage, we all know underneath there, we can fill that with water. Repent, believe, be baptised, then what? And you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amazing. So if you're here as not yet a believer, we run courses for you, we've got alpha courses, we've got a sign-up sheet, we're just kind of about two-thirds of the way through one, we'll start another one as soon as we've got people, uh, enough people to do it, to make it viable. If you don't know alpha, the alpha and the omega, that's what Norbert said, the beginning and the end, it's the beginning of your journey. Or maybe you are a Christian, you think, well, I've, I've turned to God, I don't know what I'm doing with the cross yet, I think I've got it, but I'm not sure, I've not been baptised, come and get baptised. We're looking to have a service on January the 7th, in the morning. Uh, well, we will be having a service on January the 7th in the morning, but what we're hoping to do is have this opened up, and I won't be standing here when that happens. <laughs> There's a baptismal service, and one on Easter Sunday, because we come in anticipation, because people need to be born again. And it's not just about following the rules, That's just a rule book then. It's about a way of life with the Spirit of God living within us. We need to live our lives out, those of us that are believers, through the lens of the manger at Christmas time. The purpose that he was born is so that people can be born again. The outworking of that, coming back to our Romans passage, which God is clearly speaking to us about, Romans 15, 12 to 13, who quotes back in our prophet, 
700 years earlier, Isaiah 11, verse 10. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, who will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's amazing, isn't it? That's an amazing verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If we can have the final slide up, please, Dave. So we lit the candle of hope. This is the hope. This is what we're, 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 we're aspiring to, that the God of hope will fill us with joy, with peace, with trust, and his spirit this Christmas time. So I'm going to really quickly go through them. May the God of hope fill you with joy. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. As we approach Christmas time, you can't manufacture happiness or merriness. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas. Uh, I love saying those things. But joy is a state of being. I'm not always happy. I have my low times. Um, sometimes I'm putting on a brave face, as I'm sure you are. I love it when people come into church, and now you'll know what I'm thinking. Uh, when you all come in, and you, I say, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. I say, excellent. Fragile, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. <laughs> and that somehow will cover all of us. And I'm fragile, neurotic, insecure, and emotional sometimes. You know, it's all, it, We're all human beings. We don't get it right all the time. But joy, joy is a state of being. It's a state of deciding, I will give thanks to God. It's that um, saying, if you like, secular, look, every cloud has a silver lining. If I look for the blessing, I'll find it. It's not saying, thank you, God, you broke my leg. It's, bless you, God, in spite of my broken leg. I haven't got a broken leg. You can see I'm walking around. I've not been healed. I haven't broken a leg. It's the only analogy I had. <laughs> it's giving thanks in all circumstances. You see that when you go to countries uh, where they've really got nothing, yet they've, they've got a joy. They've got nothing. They've got none of the privileges we've got, but have a joy because they recognise the biggest gift is Jesus Christ himself. And they've made a God of hope this Christmas fill you with peace. Who has a peaceful Christmas? They never argue at Christmas, do we? I mean, the Prince of Peace. We can't have an argument at Christmas, whether it's over the dinner, the outlaws, the in-laws, whatever you want to call them. You, can't, you know, we're all love. We're all peace. It's what we're about. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ... Rule in your hearts. It suggests to me there's other feelings that come in. But it says, let the peace of Christ rule. It's a decision to be a peaceful person. Now, the world at the moment has got wars and rumours of wars, which the Bible talks about. It says it's an indication of the, of the last times. Uh, sometimes there's strife in families. And I'd, as you approach Christmas, you may have a few crossed words with the stress and everything else. Uh, one, one, my favourite is, um, you know, I'm not suggesting this happens in our household at all. Uh, we're perfect. Um, but say the dinner's being cooked, you know, just hypothetically. It does get cooked, by the way, but this is a hypothetical situation. The dinner's being cooked and everyone's lovely and it's peaceful and we've opened presents and it's all good and we've been to church and it's lovely and you go, I'll just see how the dinner's going. How are you doing? Get the gravy done! Oh, okay, well, you know, it doesn't happen. I do the gravy, I'm no problem. But, you know, you can have these moments where it's all a bit stressful, but let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. We're supposed to be reconcilers, especially people to God. Be reconciled then 
We're ambassadors. Surely we should be the peacemakers as well in our homes, in the streets, and in the world. Deep breaths, uh, peace, calm down, non-anxious presence. I'll tell my leaders that when there's a situation flares up. So don't put fire on fire, put the water on it, be the non-anxious presence because the peace of Christ is going to roar uh, in your heart this Christmas. Also, as you approach Christmas, may the God of hope fill you with trust. With trust. I thought Norbert, when he read the passage, I thought, don't do it again. It's going to, the Holy Spirit's going to do it again, but he didn't. He, he gave me three on the other one. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Ever feel like you're running your life? Well, you're not. I mean, you're going along with it, but God's got you in his hands. And we need to trust him. I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers, but he does. And we're on this journey. And sometimes life goes a bit awry. I think sometimes, um, you know, we bring kids up on dodgy ground, but, you know, life's perfect and you deserve to be happy and it's all there. But it's disappointment because life's not always perfect and you're not always happy. We need to give people tools to know how to cope with that because they get a shock when they go into the world. I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers, but we've got to trust God. We've got to trust him this Christmas time. If he can do those miracles, virgin birth, and eventually that, that birth was a person who was raised from the dead. You know, and he's not, he's, not, he's not there. We haven't got the body. He was resurrected. And he's at the right hand of the Father. He says, I'll send another one like you, the Spirit, the Counselor, to come alongside you. My example of this, trust. Uh, when I was at Spurgeon's, I don't think I've told you this before, um, but I was at Spurgeon's and we came across the doctrine of election. That's a good one to uh, about four o'clock in the morning you'll be waking up about that. Uh, predestination and all that sort of stuff. And uh, it was all very interesting and I, I was concerned because there's a lot of people I love that are not Christians. And so I went to lecture and I said, what's the point in evangelism? What's the point? If God's already chosen them, they're just going to become Christians. And if they're not, they've got no hope. What's the point of evangelising to them? They're not on the list. And he said to me, well, I'll remind you what Spurgeon once said, who was a Calvinist, he said, um, one of his students went to Spurgeon and said, what do we do if we convert one of the unelect? He said, God won't mind, apparently. <laughs> but this lecturer said to me, and I was worried about family members, I said, you know, and I was in tears. I said, what do I do? He said, do you trust God? I said, of course I do. He said, but do you really trust him? I said, I do. He said, okay, so you're praying for these people you love. He said, is that right? I said, yes. And he said, do you think it's God's will that all will be saved? I said, well, that's what the Bible says. That's his will. That's what he would love. He said, so when you're praying for your loved ones to be saved, you know you're praying in God's will. I said, yes. Do you trust God? Yes. Okay. And he said, "Um, so you know you're praying in God's will, and you know that it's God's will that all would be saved, so trust him. I said, but. He said, as soon as you say but, you haven't trusted him. And so I haven't got the answer. I have to hold that, and I have to say, well, I trust God. And I'm not sure, but I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. It's trust. It's handing everything out. Whatever's going on in your life this morning, it'll be good stuff, bad stuff, some stuff in the middle. You know, trust God. He will see you through. You're here. I bet there's loads of stuff you think you wouldn't get through, and here you are. And actually, if death comes, where, O oh, death, is where your sting? Where, is, O oh, death, is your victory? Thanks be to God in Christ Jesus. So ultimately, he's got us for eternity, if you've been born again. So trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make straight your paths. And then finally, finally, may the God of hope fill you with his spirit. That's what that passage says. Ephesians 5.18, this is good for Christmas time. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. 
Instead, be filled with the Spirit. One leads down a wrong road and bad decisions. Being filled with the Spirit is having the mind of Christ. It means turning myself to God. It means acknowledging that I need him every day. Fill me with your spirit every day. In fact, that passage, I don't know why they don't translate it, it's called the present participant. It means go on being filled. It's not a one-off event. It needs to be filled with the spirit to be people of God's presence. These are the promises that God gives us and gives you this morning. Joy, peace, trust in his spirit. So come, Lord Jesus, come, Emmanuel, God with us, God with you. And we can only respond when we hear these messages. And we know the Holy Spirit speaking. Because what were the odds? And we respond, rejoice. Rejoice. God has paved the way in sending his Son. So let's live those lives full of joy, peace, trust, being filled with his Spirit, leading us home eventually to him. I'll hand back to Bernard and then we'll take communion together. Yeah.